Voice for Exit is reaching into its vault to share a terrific interview with you. Voice for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to the Poised for Exit podcast show for business owners. Today we're interviewing a recognized thought leader and advocate for family business who has made a tremendous difference in numerous ways for many families that he's helped over the years. In the United States today, there are approximately five and a half million family-owned businesses, which produce 57% of our gross domestic product and employ 63% of America's workforce, or in other words, 98 million people. If you own or advise family business, you're going to want to listen to this episode. But first, we're going to take a quick break. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880. sunbeltminnesota.com. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with the director of the Family Business Center at the University of St. Thomas, John Keimig. John, I am just thrilled that you're here. Um, I have admired your work, and I'm just so glad to have you on the show. There's so much we can talk about, so welcome. Thank you. It's just great um, to have you here. There's so much to share. Like I said in my introduction, um, the stuff that you're doing for the Family Business Center is recognized across the country in different family business centers. Which is so, pretty neat. Yeah. 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 So thanks for being a leader. Well, thank you. <laughs> thanks for thanks for saying that. It's a it's a great job working with a lot of great family businesses across the Upper Midwest. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot that we can talk about today. Um, and before we get into the content that that I'm anxious to get into, I would really like to have you just tell us about yourself a little bit and kind of how you got into the work that you're doing right now. You bet. You know, people ask me how I got into family business, and my answer is always just through the back door. Um, you know, I was a trained journalist, a TV reporter, and my job was to 
to find a story of importance to an audience and to interview the right people, find the right facts, and to present it in a way where the audience got to make their own decision. And that's what I do in the Family Business Center. So we find the topics that are important for family businesses. And mm -hmm. because every family has a different set of dynamics and values, they're going to listen to it differently. And, and my job is to make sure that we're presenting the information in a way where they can go home and say, okay, what do we do with this information? Where do we fall on this? Is this good for us? Yes or no? Is that good for us? And have a conversation as a family uh, about what they want to do. So, you know, I later realized the first job I ever had was at a Dairy Queen owned by a family. <laughs> and now I look back at that a little differently. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so you know how to make the, make the blizzards and make the mistakes the first time you do. Right. Or eat them. <laughs> or eat them. Brought plenty home. <laughs> plenty home. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I, I was trained that way. And, and then um, when I got out of television news, I, I started working in higher education. And I did that for a number of years down in Iowa. And then my family moved back to Minnesota. And I got this job at St. Thomas uh, working in the School of Entrepreneurship, which uh, was kind of part-time entrepreneurship, part-time family business, and fell in love with the work and became the center director four years ago and just absolutely love the families we get to work with and the advisors that are out there in the community helping those families. Fantastic. B the fact that there's one family business center in Minnesota, of course, has to keep you super busy, right? And and there's a lot of businesses that I work with that are family businesses, some of whom are in your program or have been in your program, which is awesome. But how did this come to be? And and who and what is the purpose? What is it? Who does it serve the most? Yeah, so there's a, a family, the McNeely family, and, and anybody that's attended St. Thomas is probably familiar with this family. Um, longtime advocates of St. Thomas and have been uh, engaged, and and they had a family business and were flying around the country to educate themselves on what it took to be a business family and put those policies and procedures in place to do family business the right way. And uh, Harry McNeely was a trustee at St. Thomas. So after flying his family mm. around, said, you know what, let's start something here. Mm. So his family started the center uh, 29 years ago. And um, another family, the Opus family, the Round Horse family, came in uh, at the same time a little bit later to, to help with that mm -hmm. and to really solidify the program. And so we were one of the first family business centers in the country 29 years ago. And, and so um, we are still, like you said, the only one in Minnesota. Um, and so we're fortunate to have it at St. Thomas. Um, you know, less, sure. less than half of our families are Tommy families. So we are open to any family business Good you know, point. across the upper Midwest. So, yes. um, you know, we'll get Johnny's from time to time to say, hey, can we come to this? And I, I just tell him, yeah, just wear some purple socks and we'll, <laughs> we'll let you in the door. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really for any family, mm -hmm. any industry, um, you know, the dynamics and the issues are going to be the same uh, with those families. Our purpose is really just to educate business families. And again, I say business family instead of family business, because there's a transition that takes place when a family mm. business really starts to to think about their family mm. and the conversations they need to have as a family to, to streamline processes with family and with ownership as well as the business. And that was a term Harry McNeely, who started our center, uh, uses a lot. Mm. And uh, there's Interesting. A, a parallel planning process to, to plan the business and the family at the same time and make them both uh, work in harmony. 
So we, the key is we try to educate business families. We try to educate advisors mm-hmm. that specialize in family business so they can do their work and serve family businesses better. Um, and really, our programming is it's a safe place for family businesses. We have a breakfast series that's been going on for, gosh, probably eight or nine years now. Mm-hmm. And I refer to it as Switzerland. It is a neutral, safe place for family businesses to gather and talk about family business issues. So as you know, Julie, you're not invited because you're not a family business. You're yeah. an advisor. And we've got a different set of events for advisors because it's really important to, to bring that education to that group and, and get advisors working together. But that breakfast series, it's really just, hey, don't worry. There's no accountants or attorneys or anyone looking to drum up business. This mm-hmm. is just a safe place for families. And we get almost 200 people at each of those events that we do from, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all over the place. It's a big hit. And it is. I, I, I think that the work that you're doing within those events is impactful in more ways than one, obviously, right? So many times family businesses are kind of stuck in, you know, in their own thinking Mm -hmm. and hearing stories from other families that you bring up, right, that that are actually the speakers and the instructors and the table leaders, um, that, you know, hearing other people's stories is a great way to learn, which is, you know, why I wrote the book the way I wrote my book was because, you know, people learn from stories. We're wired for them. That was something I recognized in your book, too, is is that... And, and it's what our families say when I ask them, what types of programs do you want? And they always say, we want to hear more from other families. So mm-hmm. we bring in experts, we bring in professors, um, but every year majority of our events are panel discussions of family business members. So mm-hmm. I always try to get kind of a small, medium, and large family so everyone in the audience can identify and, and maybe see where they could go. Um, but you're right. Um, and, you know, in your book, you, you hit on it in the way you wrote it. People want to hear not just the theory and the research. So at St. Thomas, we're fortunate that we have family business professors, so we can bring that and use those people to moderate the events, but to blend that and marry it with, hey, this is what it's like in a 10-person family business, in Mm -hmm. a 100-person family business, in a 1,000-person family business. Mm -hmm. And being able to relate and hear kind of your own issues, your own story, right, echoed in what's being presented is worth its weight in gold. Right. And you know this as an entrepreneur yourself. Mm -hmm. The loneliest place is being that entrepreneur. So it's often Mm -hmm. that founder of the family business. Mm -hmm. And when I go out and meet with families, they always say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you existed. And then they walk into a room and they go, oh, my gosh, this is what I need. Because it's finally, they look around and they see a bunch of people that have gone through similar but different issues Mm -hmm. within their own family. Yeah. And I'm constantly, if somebody, you know, from a family comes up and says, hey, we're working on an issue with A, B, and C, kind of look around the room and know who's gone through that and say, hey, why Mm. don't you sit by this person today Mm. and have a conversation? And sometimes those people take it out of our breakfast event and go get another coffee somewhere else. And so that's what's really been cool is that we've been able to create this community of family businesses where they can have the right conversations at the right time. And no judgment, and um, it gives them that feeling of belonging, right, that we're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, so you've talked a little bit about the types of families that engage at the Family Business Center, but um, let's talk about the issues, right? So you know yeah. I'm an advisor, and I you work bet. with businesses, and many of them are family businesses. I actually come from family business, and so I could talk a long time about issues. <laughs> right, <laughs> okay. right. But let me, you know, let's just um, talk about what you're seeing. And, and where you see the biggest obstacles? You know, the biggest obstacle 
it's just it's one word and we say no duh. It's communication, but mm-hmm. it's a specific way. You know, talking as a family is hard. It's yes. hard enough. And when you layer business on top of that, it just becomes even harder. You know, a goal of a family is unity, but in business you have conflict and you have you know, people that have different ideas. And so mm-hmm. how do you blend those two? And it's really about normalizing the communication. And so what does that mean? Um, you know, it's, it's the understanding that the parent-child relationship will eventually change to adult-adult relationship. Mm-hmm. So the family dynamics change over time, and mom and dad and son and daughter and cousins and aunts and uncles need to be aware of that. And sometimes it's just stepping back and looking at the whole system. Um, you know, people have different positions in a family business. Um, the dynamics are there. You have memories from childhood that can create issues. Mm-hmm. So the key is that families need to talk about that um, and, and try to avoid just thinking, hey, my brother or sister, this is how they feel about it. So it's really, it, it, it's, it's hard for families but it's having those deep conversations. And a lot of times it means bringing in a third party to help facilitate that. Sure. Um, you know, there's a word in family business and it's, it's called governance. And it's yes. this big, hairy word. And it's really, <laughs> it's just, it's the process of having those conversations. And so, uh, you know, I know this is a podcast, so I'm going to have everybody close their eyes for two seconds unless you're driving and draw <laughs> a Venn diagram of three circles. And, yeah. and Julie, you've seen me talk about this before. It's, yes. it's a basic tenet of family business. It's the three-circle model. The circles are family, business, and ownership. And so for families to understand that as a family, there are many conversations they need to have. Mm-hmm. What are our family values? Are they stated? Um, how do we create unity? What does educating our next generation about the family look like? Mm. What does transitioning the family look like? And then we look at ownership. And very often in family business, it's you know mom and dad are the owners, and sometimes their kids come in, and sometimes there's cousins, and sometimes there's 150 of them. Yes. Um, rarely do I see in the work I do, and we have probably 150 families a year that come uh, through our programs, um, do I see outside ownership? Sometimes it's, you know, a, a key employee, things like that. But it's really, it's, it's another kind of offshoot of the family, but it's a separate piece, and it's just the ownership. And that's where you need to talk about things like buy-sell agreements, yes, liquidity, uh, how risky do we want the business to be? What business do we even want to be in? Do we transition from this business to that business? Right. So what does it mean to be an owner? And, and um, you know, it what about in-laws? Are in-laws allowed to be owners? Are in-laws allowed to work right. here? And so it just creates this whole other dynamic. That, And when I talk with families, when I go out and meet with them, I usually kind of plot their family in these three circles, and their eyes just get huge. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh, you are speaking my language, and I've just never seen the family and business laid out this way. But, you know, you've got four kids, three work in the business. What do you do with the fourth one mm-hmm. with ownership? You know, best practice says that person doesn't get ownership. But we have plenty of families that all family members, working or not, are owners, and it works really well. Mm. But they're con- they're having those conversations and the right communications and about that, and they're understanding that quandary of fair versus equal mm-hmm. because that is a big one for sure. Yep. And I think you know just setting up, like you said, that criteria, like like what constitutes um, 
um, your eligibility mm-hmm. to be an owner. Like, right. do you have to go get a job somewhere else? You know, do you have to be a certain age before you're able to buy stock? You know, do you pay the same amount for that stock per share as anyone else would? I mean, all of those things, right? All of those things. You know, yeah. and, you know, being at a university, we have a family business program for undergrad and grad students as mm-hmm. well. And, and, you know, that is another one of those best practices is you go work somewhere else for three years. Mm-hmm. Some families say you have to go work somewhere else and get a promotion. So when you come back, everyone else at the business looks and says, well, this son or daughter you know, has proven him or herself elsewhere. And if you're having them work in, you know, maybe for a supplier or some somewhere within your industry, they're bringing new knowledge in as well. Yes. And then if they're, if they're coming in and they've had success, then hopefully then that entitlement issue is rather squelched because the non-family members definitely will have have issue with that, right? I mean, I've seen it and you've seen it. Yep. They bring in a family member and, you know, pay them six figures to do a job that, right? That someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, yeah. best practice, and you really have to harp on this one is, is you know, you pay the wages that mm-hmm. are comparable if they're family or not. Exactly. And that's where the ownership piece, you know, if, if you want your children to have additional wealth from the business, that's where the ownership piece can come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had families where, you know, the non-family members see the paycheck of the family member and say, geez, I didn't know you made, you know, next to nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm working really hard here because I know my payout's going to be down the road Later. when I become an owner. Yes. So there's just different ways to do it. And, yeah. you know, again, it's just have the family sit down and say, what makes sense for us? Mm-hmm. What's, what is fair? What is equal? I mean, those two key words, you put them next to each other in family business, and you'll have a lot of conversations. Definitely. And, and so um, that was kind of my next question. I wanted to talk about what's important to us, right? And so when you talk about a trait, a common trait that most successful families and, and, and their businesses um, employ, what would you say are the biggest factors? You know, there's a couple. One is, you know, I mentioned it earlier, family values. And it's having the family actually create its set of values together. And to look back at the founding story and what were the values there and mm-hmm. how do we transition the founding 60 years ago to what's going on now and keep some of that spirit alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big one. And for families to do that work together can be a really unifying thing. Um, when we teach our governance class, that's one of the big pieces we do. And we also have families hold family meetings where mm-hmm. they're not talking about running the business. They're talking about these family and ownership issues. Mm-hmm. And, and we structure their meetings for them, the first couple, their homework in between sessions. Great. And the first meeting, it's just telling that family story and looking at the values there. So everybody understands what grandma and grandpa had to deal with in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, or whenever they started, whatever the hardships were, because every family business is typically started out of somebody seeing a problem and trying to solve it. Mm-hmm. The next meeting we do is this exercise in family capital where each family member has to go around the room and share positives that each person brings in these different areas. Perfect. And what happens is now we're normalizing the communication. Every year, every year we run this class, at least one family comes to the next session and shares and is in tears Mm. because for some families, there's not a lot of nice words spoken. Sure. And so it's really rewarding to see that and to see the family unity grow by coming to this course. Um, but now we've given them a couple tools to start normalizing it. We give them a template to have those meetings. We hope that they're going to have them at least annually, hopefully biannually, 
and hopefully quarterly. Some families meet more often than that. And again, it's really talking about these governance issues. So what are the things we need to do as a family business? It's not just the day-to-day. Um, so those meetings are really important. I just had a call from, or an email from a family this morning saying, hey, we're planning for next summer's family reunion. Do you have a good speaker on communication. Oh, wow. So when I got that this morning, knowing I was coming here to talk, I just thought I had to share that. Um, but that's a, that's a common thing. And so here mm-hmm. you've got a large family, this is, and, and they're, um, they're bringing everyone together. And what happens with some of these larger families is they have a two or three day retreat. They do a little education. They talk about the business, talk about the family, the ownership, and then they have time for fun. They have time mm-hmm. to just be a family and cousins and second cousins and really get along um, in a different way that hopefully sets them up for, you know, a future generation of family ownership. And that's really what they're doing, right? They're yeah. they're setting it up to carry on the legacy. I've heard, too, with some of these larger family businesses that you're referring to, and I don't have any in my, my um, caseload right now, um, but they actually have people that are assigned to be the family historian. Yes. Um, the family fund manager or event planner, if you will. Yep. Um, I just think it's brilliant, you know, because then it's off the shoulders of the mom or the oldest sister, you know, to be the nurturer. It's it's on someone else in the family who's good at it, wants to do it, wants to bring, you know, like you said, that word unity um, is really where it's at, right? We're not always going to agree with each other. Right. And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Yeah. And, and yeah, so there's usually, you know, when families get a little bit larger, what they do is they, you know, looking at that family circle, they'll have a family council. Mm. And that council takes a look at yes. a lot of these different aspects. And so you've got family that are involved. They don't have to work in the business, but they're involved in the family side and mm-hmm. setting up that, that family piece for the long term, which is a really cool thing. Definitely. So I am interested in hearing about how a family business can get involved, especially now, right? Because right. you guys are meeting virtually, and I know you're meeting. So let's talk about what you guys have got coming up and sure. how to get involved in the Family Business Center. Yeah, so we have, uh, we're doing our Family Business Breakfast Series. It's just sans bacon, at least for the first uh, few events. It's I know. the best bacon in the town. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we are very well known for our bacon. I've <laughs> joked that the FBC is actually the Friday Bacon Club. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and we're, we're using Zoom. I search mm-hmm. for a lot of different platforms, and Zoom is, is going to be the best one for us. And and we've got some good topics. I've got a couple of experts coming in this fall, and one that's a panel discussion um, for the fall will be at least in Zoom through December and pending life after that. We'll make um, decisions sure. uh, in the safety of everyone. Um, but because our our center is this community, we're opening up each event with a half hour of networking time. So as people log in, we're just going to stick them in a breakout room to have conversations about whatever they need to have conversations about. Perfect. And then I'm requiring that in each program, we're going to have at least one breakout as well for more conversation with families, you know, across families. And so um, that's a big piece of who we are. And so we're going to keep that alive. The way to get involved, um, you can go to stthomas.edu slash familybusiness. And you've got a list of programs there. We're talking about um, managing and leading the difference between those and having everyone create an individual Mm. leadership plan. That's our first event on September 18th. Uh, In October, we've got a panel on positioning for future downturns. Mm. In December, we're doing one on uh, using family as a team. And then in the spring, we've got some panel discussions on communication strategies. Another one on what happens if a business leader is um, absent uh, you know, falls ill unexpectedly. How do we plan for that? 
another one on good governance practices. So really um, topics and, and panels that will be good, especially this year. Absolutely. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to that. We've put our advisor education on hold uh, a little bit for now. That sure. program really needs to meet in person, so I'm excited to get that one going again next spring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get about 150 advisors at those, and you've, you've been there and spoken there, um, which is awesome. Uh, that is one more common trait that I wanted to mention is that families use that do well use outside help. Absolutely. Whether it's an advisor board with, you know, an accountant, um, their financial advisor, a coach, an exit planner, an attorney, or having a a full external board, you know, a board with external members on it. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it's hard for families to to bring in that outside expertise. It usually happens uh, more frequently as you get down the generations. But you talk to families that bring on the right outside advisors, and they swear by it. And they swear by the investment of it. Yes. And it is an investment. It is an investment. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's not my money, so I can say that very easily. Mm-hmm. But um, the families that are doing it really well, they have an issue start coming up or they see something down the road, they find the right advisor to come in and coach them through that. Mm-hmm. And so that's one, something I wanted to, to really hit yeah. on. Good point. Very important. Very important. Outside perspective is everything. Yep. Um, I need it for my own business. Right. I, I, every, every business owner needs it, regardless if they're a family business or not, because we only have our own way of seeing and hearing and our own filters and our own perspective. But having someone from the outside come in and help us to think through and plan and implement is worth everything. So yes. John, this has been awesome. We could go on all day because there's so much to talk there is, about. There is. there is so much, and I just appreciate so much what you're doing and the work that you're doing. Um, it's really great. I admire it a lot. So I'd like to have you just share a couple of takeaways because I know our listeners are going to be waiting for that. That's uh, part of our show, you know, um, flow process, if you will. Yep. So give us a couple of things that our listeners can use and um, implement. You know, I think I, I covered it a, a little bit with just that that idea of communication. Yeah. And but to take that a, a step further, it's it's to you know talk with your spouse or your kids, and and say you know what are some of the issues, how can we make this better? And if you need outside help to have that conversation, do that. You know, we have peer groups at St. Thomas. Plenty of our members are in Vistage and YPO and CEO Roundtable, or they're in other peer groups, you know, in their region and in their industries. Those are great opportunities to to listen to others. And that was kind of my second point is talk with others. Mm. Because so many, you know, outside of your family, so many families that come to us just say, I thought I was alone. And so whether it's our center coming to one of our events or dialing up the person that you know owns a family business across the street, and it's just been this unwritten thing that you both had family businesses, talk to them about it. Mm. Um, Bring them out for coffee. Bring your advisor out for coffee. Uh, You know, really say, hey, what else can we do here? from the family and the ownership side and surround yourself with people that understand family business, but really have conversations with your next generation too. Yes. Do they want to be in the business? What does that mean for them? What does that look like for them? You know, you don't want to give them the quote unquote golden handcuffs where they feel like they're stuck there for the next 40 years. Yes. But you also don't want to sell it if your kids didn't have a chance. Right. And that, and it's all about having that conversation. Are you interested? Are you qualified? Right. Um, very, very big. Um, topic to cover for sure. So what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, John? We're going to have your contact information on the website, but uh, please just give us phone number at website or whatever it is that you like to... 
to use? Well, I'm working from my card table, so we'll go with just an email address. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, familybusiness at stthomas.edu is the best way. And just want to do one plug for our breakfast series for families who've never been before. There's no charge to attend your first event. Fabulous. So real low barrier to entry. Send mm-hmm. us an email, familybusiness at stthomas.edu. Take a look at the website. If there's an event there that makes sense for you and your family, let us know. Happy to have you. Very good to know. And we will put that in the show notes too. Great. Right? So thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Your Julie. expertise is truly invaluable. It really is. It's um, great, to, great to see you again. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too, right? Instead of across the computer screen. Yes. Absolutely. For our listeners, this episode, like always, will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can also order a copy of my book, which is available on ebook now, Kindle. So go ahead and get that downloaded. And if you're available, we on here on uh, August 26th, which is today, we're going to be doing a Facebook Live event at 7.30, and we're going to be talking about the book and about exit planning and things that we can do to help our business owners. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening, and please join us again next time.